Welcome to Poolside Chats. Today we are diving into leadership. I'm Liana. I'm Alex. And I'm Jazz. And today we're focusing on leadership at RJPA and beyond. We have a special guest joining us today, Dr. Carla Ray, the CEO of SEBA and CSRM from California Schools JPA. But before we jump on the phone with her, let's check in with everyone. Alex, what was your peak of the week? Um, you know, thank you, Lana. I think my peak of the week has just been the past three to four months have been completely surrounded by COVID madness. And there's a lot of misinformation and a lot of varying degrees of information out there. But I think that we've almost gotten to a point where there is an abundance of resources. And as a risk manager working with our districts on their reopening plans, um, that was a really big struggle a couple of weeks ago was just to find templates and resources to help guide the districts towards their reopening plans. And I think if there's been enough time that has passed that several organizations and different public entities have come together to put together these great drafts of guidance and reopening plans. And it's been really helpful to have those as a resource to fall back on because, you know, Googling everything and finding what's out there, there's so many different, you know, every state does something different. Every region, just California alone is doing different things and how they reopen. Um, so finding an abundance of resources available that are reputable has been my peak of the week because it's lessening the, the gray hair starting to form. So <laughs> I'm, I'm happy about that. And Jasmine, can you share what your peak of the week has been? Yeah, sure. Um, as you've mentioned, COVID has surrounded our lives, but I've been able to have these little moments of magic with my grandmother. So you both know that I am, my grandmother is my roomie and I'm sort of a quasi caretaker to her. Um, I take care of a lot of the things in, around the house, but uh, we, we get to have these really special moments that otherwise wouldn't have happened because I'm always out and about. And the other day we were out in the backyard and I've since stopped going to the nail salon because they haven't been opened and I'm not that not that uh, confident in going back with that concerning my safety and whatnot. But so we've been doing our own manicures and um, I had the opportunity just to do her manicure and it was just us in the backyard and we had a glass of wine and uh, taking care of each other as well. I was the manicurist as well. So I took in on all these different roles like, you know, the physical therapist, the, the pharmacy, the... <laughs> the uh now the the nail lady which is it's just been nice to have those types of moments with her and it's just her and i and so um we have a really big family but when we get together and we have the chance to have conversations and really talk about her past and hear how she came up in um in the united states it's just been something i will forever cherish so i get to have these like i said moments of magic with my grandma that not everybody else is privy to. It's fabulous. <laughs> I really enjoy it. How about you, Liana? What was, your, what was your peak of the week? Oh, thank you. And that sounds amazing to have those magic moments with your grandma. Like there's that's time you can never, you know, you're never gonna waste. It's never gonna get it back. And it's that's amazing that you get to share these with her. Yeah, I have like 15 cousins, and so I'm like wow. the one special one. I feel just so special to have this time with her she drives me crazy but at the same time she's just like one of the best people one of my best friends and um it just I really love being around her so thanks yeah thanks for letting me add to that but go ahead talk. no let's hear about you <laughs> so you know my, mine is a little more selfish than that um so my my husband and I have been doing uh 
meal prepping through this whole sort of you know madness that is that has surrounded the pandemic and all the uncertainty and you know in a way it's like one um, one way that we can really control our own lives you know there's there's so much else going on and this is something I can control like what's what I'm feeding my body what I'm I'm doing you know physically and um, sort of improving myself so uh, I'm not sharing exactly how much but uh, this week I stepped on the scale and I have lost a significant amount of weight in the past several weeks and I'm so excited and so happy and feeling so much stronger and healthier and better and I'm just really really proud of that so that's been my my major peak of the week. <laughs> Congratulations that's awesome yes. that's all I know that's part, not selfish right at all that's great no <laughs> great to hear and you know you're happy and that's so good for your mental state too especially now so um, and I really like mm-hmm. talking about something that's within your control because right now, Lord knows there's so much that's not within our control. So finding mm-hmm. just even if it's a small thing, but look at how big of a difference that's made. So, and also yeah. great bonding for you and your husband. That's fun too. I wish I could get some help in the kitchen. <laughs> <laughs> hey, the, the secret is my husband's actually the chef. I'm just, you know, trying to help out. But so. Stepping into, you know, what we're talking about this week is, is leadership. And, you know, when we, when it comes to sort of defining this concept of leadership, um, the, the picture isn't so clear, right? Like, you know, for some leadership is managing and creating, empowering and taking risks. And, you know, for others, it's, you know, leadership equals results. And, and yet still others, leadership is sort of motivation and inspiration. So I want to know from you ladies, you know, what does leadership mean to you? Yeah, well, so when I, how I understand leadership is kind of the more interpersonal aspect of leading the group or being a part of a team. And so not just, the title doesn't necessarily mean you're a leader or that um, if you're a manager, it doesn't necessarily mean you're honing on your leadership skills. You can have a supervisory title without many of the skills that are necessary to successfully lead a team, but I've been fortunate enough to have some amazing and influential leaders in my life. And that goes from the start of my of my life. But so my family, my, my like I said, my grandmother, it's obvious I, I really do um, look up to her. And my mom has been an amazing leader in, in my life. But then professionally I've I've just had um, mentors and role models that I've considered leaders and how I've defined it is somebody who really checks their ego at the door and allows for um, the ability for their team to take risks and to allow for a lot of trust within the group. And so essentially a leader for me is somebody who checks their ego at the door, who um, knows when there's somebody else in the room that's better skilled than them and allows for that to be to flourish and to happen. And so, um, it's really making sure that you're a part of a team and, and whoever has the best skills at the time, um, they're the ones who allow other people to shine. I think that's, for me, that's what a leader is. So like, I mean, in high school, this is kind of a silly thing, but I'm not the fastest runner. I was in track and field. I'm not the greatest runner, um, but I was the I was the uh, team captain. And that's because I, I really did love all the people who I ran with and I uplifted them and I was good at organizing, um, you know, groups to get together and, and, you know, accomplish goals. But I definitely, there was like five different runners who were way faster than I was, but everybody um, allowed me to be captain because I could 
I could uh, lead a group without having to be the best one, as like technically the best one, if that makes sense, I don't know. But um, yeah, Alex, what do you consider, um, what's leadership mean to you? Yeah, I definitely uh, want to play off of that definition a little bit because to me, a great leader is one who inspires confidence in their team, you know, and sometimes when you do get to a leadership role that is maybe supervisory or executive in nature, um, you, you kind of in a way have paved the way for your team. And so as a leader to inspire confidence in your team to get things done and be flexible and open to different ideas, um, I think I have experienced that in, in a multitude of ways as Jasmine has, whether that be personally or professionally. And I have always found a team to, to thrive when the leader is confident in everybody and everybody's different abilities to carry out certain tasks or certain projects and um, someone that inspires confidence and also gives you feels confident that you will follow through on those tasks projects or ideas um, that makes everything run a lot more smoothly I think so being inspired um, by a leader in many different ways um, but confidence is a big one because when you have someone that's confident in you as a leader it makes you want to work that much harder to attain those personal goals, organizational goals, um, and just branch out and expand your relationships and your networking. Um, so that is huge for me. And I think a, a great leader embodies that. Yeah, I mean, I couldn't agree more with you guys. Uh, leadership is, it is, it's about empowering other people, right? Um, empowering other people is sort of the result of your presence. And I think truly great leaders, that impact uh, continues despite their absence. So they, they create and they serve, they serve their teams, they serve you know, their organizations, and they empower all of those around them to sort of continue that leadership and that mindset and maybe that strategy or that goal, despite you know, the leader being gone. Um, I think that's, that's really a legacy that leaders leave and um, you know, something that we can sort of think of in our own lives, not whether you're in a position of leadership or not, you can still be a leader, you can still create that change you can still lead um despite you know what your title may be that's that's not important it's about empowering others it's about making sure that you know like you said checking your ego at the door and being a part of the team and really being able to sort of further a goal i think that's really really important as a leader and and so much more than oh i have this title of leader or oh i have this title of a manager uh it's it's about empowering others and it's about really serving those that are around you so when we decided on this leadership episode, we thought of nobody else but Dr. Carla Ray to be our guest of choice. And we wanted to get her on the show to share her leadership insights with the audience. So with that, let's introduce Dr. Ray. It's time to roll out the red carpet for our special guest. Today on the show, we will be talking to Dr. Carla Ray. Dr. Ray is the Chief Executive Officer at California Schools JPA. I consider her to be a mentor and a role model, and I'm definitely not the only one. She received statewide recognition as a leader in public education when the Association of California School Administrators, also known as AXA, awarded her as a Classified Leader of the Year in 2019. So when we decided on the show of leadership and bringing you information on how to be a great leader, Carla was the obvious guest of choice. We wanted to get her on the show to share her leadership insights with you. So Carla, welcome. 
Thank you. Could you tell us a little bit about yourself and what does leadership mean to you? Well, I have been in public education for about 31 years now, coming out of the private sector where I worked in human resources. And so a lot of that skill set I was able to bring into my new role and the role that I've held for the last 15 years. And that is as the chief conductor of the orchestra is the way I like to think about it. And really what that means is I have the privilege of working with a really great team of people that manage all aspects aspects of the JPA and to kind of guide and help to create what that future should look like for not only the JPA and its members, but really looking at a lot of foresight as to what we can anticipate in future years to come. Leadership to me is all about developing people and helping others to reach their full potential. So it's not about managing people, it's about helping develop people. Because true leaders, you wanna create and give that away to people so that it can continue. And then they can turn leaders into other people. That's amazing. Um, so I, my question for you is, what are some of the major leadership lessons that you have learned sort of in your time as CEO of these two massive JPAs? I think that's a great question, and I think that the response is really how to get things done, how to navigate, because as a JPA, and in my case, you're right, there are two JPAs, which are completely separate legal entities with separate personalities, separate board of directors, separate EC members, and sometimes they're moving in different ways. There are separate agendas, things that they need to accomplish for each of their, um, their constituents. So it's really about how to get things done, how to navigate through those different boards and different people to reach that common goal. And recognizing that the most important asset are the people that you surround yourself with and the people that you report to, which are your board of directors. Without people, then it's just you beating to your own drum. And as a leader, that will never work. So it's really kind of pausing and saying, how can we accomplish this? What do we need to do to, to navigate, to get to this spot? I think one of my favorite um, longtime you know, books that I read coming up that developed me into who I am, but it was something that really stuck with me, and that was from Stephen Covey. And it said, always begin with the end in mind. And to this day, I began thinking of what the end might look like. Now the end could change because the way it looks today, things that we go through may make it force a change. Just consider where we are right now in a COVID-19 environment. Couldn't have foreseen that to happen. So even though I may have started something with the end in mind, I may have to tweak it a little bit to now fit this new environment that we're in. So that's something that I continue to do to this day. But really, it's navigating through to get things done and recognizing that it takes people and people on board and supporting to move issues forward. Thank you so much for that answer, Carla. My next question for you has to do with risk. And one quote that I do follow uh, in challenging times is, with great risk often comes great rewards. And for you, as a leader, what is the biggest risk you've ever taken and what did you learn from it? 
The biggest risk um, that I've ever taken and what I learned from it really is choosing. I think the biggest risk is choosing to become a leader because so oftentimes people don't choose leadership. They choose management and they're two different things. You can become a manager of an organization and you can lead by management or you can become a leader of an organization and choose to lead through people. And so choosing to be a leader is probably the, the biggest risk because it requires that people are going to work and support and follow alongside and roll up their sleeves just like you are to get things done. Outside of that, there are risks to being a leader. And in my capacity, there's been times where being a leader, I felt concerned about risk of physical harm that someone doesn't like the role I'm in and may choose to harm me as the person who signs off on something. Um, there could be, uh, what if as the leader of an organization, I made a decision that's going to cause financial harm to the JPA. So there's that risk there that, oh my goodness, did I, did I make a decision? Did I not vet something through that's going to bring financial harm or reputational harm to the organization. Am I always doing things in the best light that represents the JPA and the board that I serve or the boards that I serve, as well as if there's any other roles or capacities in which I represent, am I representing those groups with integrity and, and you know, in true leadership? Am I doing the right things? Um, there's always the risk of failure. Suppose you've read every book there is on leadership and you've done everything that you can to prepare yourself to become a leader. And in that first, that first year, you fail. Well, if you fail, then you've learned something and you've learned what not to do. And you, 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 <laughs> you get up, you dust yourself off, and you, you learn from that mistake or that challenge, and you do things a little differently. And you get it right the next time. And of always, because you're managing and you're leading a group of people, is there a failure of accountability, being accountable not only to your team, to your staff, but again, to the boards of directors in which you serve. So making sure that you're always doing things that are consistent, transparent. Transparent's a big word, and I, I believe in that. And that you're giving it your best. You, my mother always said, the best you can do is to give your best. And you always put a little extra into it because it's your best. And you, it's like making a, a cake. You put a little love in it. You want it to be the best, right? So in a role as a leader, you want it to be the best. So you put a little extra in it and give it all that you have. Oh, that's so true. Thank you so much for that. So you spoke to a little bit about leading in the new normal and its new environment and different leadership books that may or may not you can may or may not apply to, you know, your new, your leadership style. But I wanted to ask you as, because this topic is leading in the new normal, um, through your experience and being the leader for the, you know, dozens of, at least you said 19, how many, 31 years <laughs> you've been, but you've been a, a CEO for 15 years um, for the JPA. And we are in a new environment. 
how has your leadership skills and your your background prepared you for this new normal that we're living in? And um, I think you've done a great job. I, we've all been really productive and working from home now, but it's a complete change and transition for most of us. So how speak to a little bit about that experience and what you've learned, any aha moments. Part of what's helped me is that I am visionary. So, and part of that visionary comes from leading with the end in mind. If you're going to be visionary, you have to lead with the end in mind because you have to project out. You have to think about what hasn't happened yet. So in part, as you're looking forward and your future thinking, your forward thinking, you're also taking into consideration what's happening around you in the world, not just in schools, not just in insurance, but what's happening in other states what's happening in other countries. Because if something's happening somewhere else, it's a good chance it could happen here to the same degree or a lesser degree. But the issue is it really could happen. So if it could happen, then you start thinking about what if. Play a lot of what if games, what if scenarios. If this were to occur, what would we do? And so I think in part that helped our team because we were already practicing remote meetings, being in the office together, which I know may have sounded silly to some people. Everybody go to your office because we're going to have a remote meeting when back then we could have all met together in the same room and held our staff meetings, but we chose to practice for something that was unforeseen, to practice the technology, to, to practice what it looks and feels like so that if it became true, we already have that comfort level established. So I think when I, when, I, when I look at what might be the new normal, for me, it's already have been looking at what that could look like. And what I would want to impart with anyone else is to continue to look ahead. Yeah, because we were doing a lot of these video conferencing even before COVID was even a thing. And we practiced it. And so I think that helped us a lot. And we still miss seeing each other. And I still miss seeing you. Definitely forward thinking. And I've always say that when I talk about you, just how forward thinking, how open-minded you are is, is a blessing for me as your, you know, as somebody who reports to you. So thank you for that. I was just going to ask, you know, we're talking about sort of the, the innovation and the forward thinking. And I, I know as organizations get larger, there's sort of this tendency for we've been there, done that. So the institution of something taking sort of place of that innovation um, but we know that the JPAs you lead, you know, from our own experience, they're extremely innovative, even as you've grown exponentially. So how do you maintain and lead your teams in a way to maintain that creativity and innovation, not just for yourself, but for your entire team? I surround myself with inspiration. And inspiration can come from a variety of things. Um, I think it's different for each of us individually. Um, you know, inspiration could come from colors or it could come from a painting, um, could just come from an object, but you, you get inspiration and you think it makes you think about, wow, what if we could do something with that? You listen to other people and I'll give you an example. So on our benefits JPA, SIBA, there was a board member who was talking about some challenges I experienced when going through an injury and how difficult it was with in coordinating benefits and how, you know, everything worked and what the, you know, how our, that person's pay was affected. 
So that in, that inspired me to, to challenge the group to say, why couldn't we create a product that would address those challenges that this person experienced, but already connected to the health plan? And this health plan would really benefit a certain group of people that are active, that are out, that may have young children that are doing things, you're bike riding, you're doing all these things where yes, an injury could occur. And wouldn't it be kind of cool to have a health plan that had a built-in component that would address that injury and take care of your health and take care of any lost wages? Wouldn't that be really cool? So it's looking and listening to others to get that inspiration. And so it turned out that we today have a cool product that we're releasing that everyone now can benefit from. What's that product called? That is the new SIBA Premier High Deductible Plan, healthcare plan. Yay. Looking forward to that. So do you have any uh, recommendations for resources that our listeners can read or watch? I know you spoke about Stephen Covey, and he was one of my favorites um, when I started looking into leadership and uh, the seven most effective uh, steps of being a leader. But do you have any more that you might want to give information on or provide insight? Thank you for that. I still find value in Ken Blanchard's books. Um, I think there's, when you look at leadership, it's, it, there, there's no time limit on it. And so some of the great leaders of our past are who I go to. They're current leaders today, but I'm looking at, because we learn from the past, you know, history repeats itself. So really those books never go out of style. I think there's a lot that you can quick tidbits because I think in today's environment it's all about the sound bites. You want to get you want to get information, but you don't want to go through the, the whole book. And so there's mm-hmm. you know, now that we have the internet, let's face it, there's a plethora of information that's available and accessible to anyone. So you can Google your your topics and and if you do that, what I would encourage if you're relying on on the internet as a resource or or something like a YouTube or Disrupted TV, which is another resource. Look at several on the same topic so that you can really kind of get a feel for what's standing consistent in everyone's messaging versus those things that might be an anomaly that one person is saying that, oh, let me just kind of put this aside. I'm not going to let it go, but it may not necessarily come to fruition. I want to really look at things where People repeatedly are saying, this is what I've learned or this is what I've experienced because we all know that history does repeat. Mm-hmm. So as we're talking about your the leadership style, you did mention something that you have to find something of inspiration or let yourself um, find joy. So what are some things that bring you joy as a leader or that helps you just in your personal life bring joy to you, especially during all this the times and these disruptive times that we've been dealing with? Being still, and that's something that more recently I've learned to do. If I were to look back and say, what could I have done differently? Or what, what knowing what I know today, what would I have told my younger self just starting out as a leader? And it would be to stop and be still. Sometimes you need to just stop and pause and be inspired around by your surroundings. If you have small children, Um, Let that small child inspire you. You may be sitting there playing a game and there's something they're going to do that you're going to go, oh my goodness, that's it. And and have a notepad where you can write it down real quick. 
or have your phone where you can jot it down on your phone. Pets. Um, it's things that bring you joy because when you have joy and you have peace, then ideas seem to emerge all around you. And mm -hmm. so, and you have the perfect pet who is also your coworker. I do. Oh, I have. I have. How's he, he doing? Is my coworker, and um, he's being really a good coworker right now. <laughs> yeah, he is. He just said hello real quick. Which he I said love. hello real quick, and then he left. He wanted to make sure yeah. you all knew. But um, well, we, we hear you, Brody. Hi. <laughs> It's, it's really, um, I think that's really, that's, that's really it. Um, taking time out for yourself. Um, if you enjoy the water and you can, and, and you can find some water someplace, even if it's a little table fountain that you can hear that trickling water, but whatever brings you that comfort. And for me, it's music. I like music and anyone who's had an office next to mine, yeah, uh, we'll know we sure that <laughs> there's music playing. And yeah. sometimes the music changes depending on what I'm getting ready to, to deal with. If mm -hmm. I have a, a board meeting or if I have um, a, a, just a challenge that I'm dealing with. So the, 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 the music will change depending on what I'm experiencing. But I'm yeah. drawing that energy from the music. Katy Perry, Eye of the Tiger. When that yes. song came on, I yes. know it was go time. Mm -hmm. I could hear, I could hear. That was my I board song. <laughs> yes. I think okay. I will always think of Carla when I hear that song from here on oh, out. Yeah. <laughs> it's a great song. So yeah, uh, it's definitely it's fun. It was always fun to hear so that. What are you? What are you listening to today? Any anything for inspiration today? Today I'm my my. I, I'm leaning because there's so much going on in our world today, and um, and I'm a person of, of strong faith, and so I'm listening to and doing more meditating and listening to more things of a spiritual nature, even if it's just music, but it's more soothing and grounded and balanced, and knowing that there is a higher being in control of everything. And one of the things that I've learned in my life is everything in life is temporary. When things are good, we all know that we experience it, but it doesn't always last infinitely. Just as things that aren't as good or things that are negative that hit you or, or something bad that happens, it's temporary. Mm -hmm. So it's really yeah. having the tools and the skill set to hang on. It's temporary. Mm -hmm. I can look that back. resilient mindset for sure. Yes, it's that mindset. And I can look back and when I was working on my on my well when I first went back to school and I decided that I was going to go through an online learning I remember thinking it's temporary, I can get through this. And that's what got me through going going through the program. I saw it as temporary and I can do anything for a temporary period. No, that's, that's true. Yeah. And then, and that's really what we've been told throughout this whole staying at home order is that it's temporary. It's not forever and, and we'll get through it. What kind of have been your ups and downs um, working from home? Have you worked from home before? I've worked from, well, and, and it's different. So yes, I have, but like, you know, meaning <laughs> it's my day off. <laughs> But I still have to get things done. So, right. yes, I'm working from home. Sure. I never in my mm -hmm. career, I've always worked 
at a facility, at a building, in an office, somewhere. I, I went somewhere every day. When I've been on the road in my current capacity, yes, I worked out of a hotel, um, you know, for a couple of days, maybe I'm off site at a conference or doing something. And so, yes, I'd be working, but it's not like it's been since we've all been working remote. And what I've discovered, I discovered something that I think I had an, an, an innate fear over. And that is if I worked from home, could I be productive? What I found is I'm even more productive. And then I started Absolutely. trying to understand why does it feel like I'm even more tired, though, than when I was going to work? Yes. Like, why am I more tired? <laughs> the reality is because you're doing more. Your brain, the energy you're producing, it is more because mm -hmm. you don't have those interruptions. Like, think about it. When you wake up in the morning and you're getting yourself ready, there's a, a amount of time that you're spending leaving the home, you're in your car, you're driving to wherever you have to go, you're sitting in traffic maybe, but there's there's time that you've spent to get to somewhere. So your day started a little earlier because now you, you, you've got that time. Then you get into the office. When you first get in, a good portion is saying good morning or how's your weekend or you kind of catch up with people, whether it's work-related, catching up on a project, project or just kind of catching up because you haven't seen someone. But throughout the day, there are interruptions. Things happen where someone walks by and, oh, I just have to vent. Or, hey, mm -hmm. can, can you help me do this? So you have all of these other interruptions. And then when the day finally does end, again, you're getting in your car and you have that period of time that gets you back home. And when you get home, you're really too tired to do anything other than just to flop. Maybe you'll go for a walk or do some exercise. Or, or start your home activities if you have children or pets that you have to tend to. So your day is just exhausting. The difference, though, it's a different kind of energy because we're not having to leave the home. So we've gained that time and we can spend that time doing other things that leads us to more creativity, that leads us to have more ideas that's related to the work that we're doing. And we tend to accomplish and get through more. And yes, when you're working remotely at home, you do have interruptions. Um, you heard my my colleague, and sometimes mm -hmm. his barking can be an interruption, and I have to let him out or, or take him out or just throw a ball to him to calm him down and let his energy get out. But it's not the same as the interruptions that are ongoing in the office. And so you tend to get a lot more accomplished. And so for me, working remotely has really done and, and demonstrated that I can do this and I'm more productive and I'm more connected with my team. I, I physically see my team, my whole team, which is, which is everyone in the JPA, I see you, I see you weekly. And that's kind of nice where there could be times where because you're in, in or out of the office or I'm not walking down the hallway in that direction, I may go a whole day and not see a couple of you. I see everybody. You know, I could go a whole week without seeing some of you because you're, you're out and, and, and we just, our paths cross or I'm in meetings, the doors closed, but this is more intentional. And because as a team, we're staying connected using video lines and video chats, we're seeing each other several times during the week and bouncing ideas off or checking in. And so it's been very effective and we've accomplished quite a lot as a JPA and doing so quite effectively.
you've mentioned a little bit about you know the connection and definitely having a lot of different pieces in order but um as we're wrapping up i'd like to hear just put on your fortune teller hat and <laughs> let us know what we what we can expect or what you think we uh leaders can look forward to and how to be even more successful as we continue on in this new environment i think trying to go back to the old way would be a huge mistake because everyone's advanced to this point. We've all been in this together. So take from this what has worked and what's good and really sit down and, and, and vet it and vet it as a team. Um, if you're a, a new leader or if you're an, an existing leader who's done this and you go, oh, we've got this, I would encourage you to really sit down with, with, with your team of leaders, with your managers and say, during this period, what worked well? What did we still have some hiccups with? And the things that worked well, find a way to continue to, to integrate that into the new norm. Things where you had hiccups, look at those and say, is it something that we need to make work? And if so, that's what you're gonna tweak and try it again. If it's something that really we didn't, eh, it didn't work well and, and really we don't need it, then you let it go, you abandon that. But I think the biggest mistake will just be that when schools are back in force and offices are back operating, you act as though all of this was for nothing and nothing happened. Because the reality is, as you listen to the news reports, as you listen to the physicians and the scientists and people that are speaking, they're all saying that the virus hasn't gone away and, and, and it's not going away. They're seeing some resurgence when there's large groups. So we have to anticipate, wow, this could happen again. And will we be ready if this happens the next time? It may not be as severe, but it could be. So you've got to look at both instances and what can we do in preparation? And that's how we should be thinking as we're rolling out programs and we're interacting with our members and we're talking to people kind of have this dual thing going on in your head with a notepad that says, okay, if we go back and we have more limitations placed on, on us, what can we continue to deliver? What do we need to do differently? So continue to listen and, and keep abreast of whatever the current events are, the, what the, the media is saying. Read, 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 read. Mm -hmm. Look at articles that are out there. There's so much information. And you don't have to read everything. You can glean through things to say, here's some key points I want to pick out of this one. Here's some key points. And then you formulate your own opinion as a leader. Mm -hmm. You know, over the years, um, colleagues of mine or even partners, people, um, you know, that work for some of the companies that we've partnered with and people who we didn't partner with, uh, just people that I've, you know, had a lot of connections but I kept hearing the same theme come through people over the years. And I think part of COVID-19 allowed me to be still. When I think about it, before COVID-19, I was rarely home on a weekend. You know, maybe a couple of hours, but I'm always like gone. I'm always doing something. And COVID forced me to just be home and be still. And then it just sort of resonated that, wow, you know, maybe when I do leave, 
I can do something in this area. And it just became more and more apparent that that's an area that I do have some strength and some experience. And I've had success and failures, failures that were turned into successes. That makes that a great area for me. Now I'll still do some risk management consulting. I'll likely still teach risk management and school law. I'll probably do that a little bit longer. But it was really saying that, I mean, I have people right now and, and have had businesses in our industry call me to say they're challenged with this. What do I think? And, and I, you know, I just kind of like, okay, ask a few questions. And then I give them my, my thoughts. And then they call me back and go, oh, my goodness, thank you so much. That, that actually worked. Well, I'm not yeah. charging them for that. It was just, you know, they, they call me and say, hey, what do you think? So why not do that in my next chapter? Only this time I'll charge. <laughs> yeah, girl, get, get that money. I'm all about that. Put a value on that for sure. Yeah, so that's kind of my thought. And because um, there's still so much that I believe I can share and give, and especially with my background in sexual misconduct and with AB 218 in place and it's not getting any easier and the market's mm -hmm. going to be harder a little longer and people are looking at changing MOC languages that there may be entities that need some guidance to help get their members on board to understand why they need to have things in place. Um, so I think I'll still be active in that area as well and, um, and just kind of see if anybody needs me and if they need me fine and if they don't need me then I'll have more time to be still and um, probably. What does that mean to you to be still? Be still means you don't always have to be gone. Like I was always gone, like plan time to be home. Oh and yeah. Plan oh, yeah, time. For sure. If yeah. you're a parent, you, you don't always have to be gone. Plan to do things at home with your kids. Find creative, you know, it forces you, I think COVID-19, has forced some people to do things um, with what they had at home instead of always relying on external resources, right? So I, I'll share a quick story. I've been, I've turned into my, my evenings, I haven't even watched television, I can't tell you how long. I've turned into a YouTube junkie and I've been following different design shows and one of them gave me a really great idea which I'm going to be doing at home and, um, but I was sharing this idea with a colleague who is um, actually in, on the business side, um, but just sharing with them because they made a comment. They said, oh gosh, this whole COVID thing's got me crazy. And between my, my spouse and the kids, I don't know if I'm coming or going. We're just like at each other. We're like on top of each other. And so I shared, oh, I got this great idea it will really work out well for you because it's designed with a family in mind. Take, find one wall in your house and turn it into an art wall. And they said, what? And I said, yeah, you can get some, you can, in fact, you can order canvas on Amazon and you can order paints on Amazon. Um, but anyway, you get some, some paints and um, you can do something abstract and you can give each person a color palette to work with. And it's just whatever, or you could all do the same thing and you could have different hues. You can have so much fun with this. And so they liked the idea, but they took it a step, they, they did it. And they had such fun 
they've turned it into a, kind of a, an, an ongoing event and they're, they're off of paints now. Now they're using like scrap household items and turning it into oh, artwork yeah. that they're gluing on canvas. That's so cool. and, and they're putting it on a canvas? On canvas, yeah, they're just gluing it. They did one and they've oh. been sending me uh, continuously each, every oh. like month it seems like I've gotten a new collage of pictures. One they did where they took and tore up fabric, like ripped fabric into strips, and and the fabric became the art. And and they're gluing it, and it's just it's it's gorgeous because it's abstract and it's whatever it's unique. Yeah. You can't make you, you can't mess up on abstract because it's what's right. in your mind. It's whatever you think. It yeah, so but they it's took really your idea cool and they just that they're doing it. That. Yeah, that's, that's really awesome. cool that they're doing this. And for me, the wall that I want to do is my laundry room. I'm going to take, um, I've already have my paint pictures that I've done myself. And some of you experienced, we all did that. We even had Jazz leading us one year on that. So, and Liana helped us with me. So I'm taking those pictures and, uh, and they're all di done different times. and They're all different color palettes. So I pulled them all together and I found one common color that seems to be in all of them. So now I'm going to do a couple of other ones using that color as my dominant to tie them all in. And then using the, like in one, I did a sunset, so it's mostly like oranges and yellows. And then there's the one with some blues in it. So I'll pull out the dominant color of each of those and blend. And th that's going to tie them all together. And then I'm going to do an art wall in the laundry room with like my paintings. But if you have kids... How fun, or a spouse, how fun is that where you guys do it together as a family? Yeah, and it's nice because you get to appreciate your house more. Like, I couldn't agree because I didn't, I didn't quite understand what you meant by being still. So when you say just be at home, you uh -huh. know, for me, it was really hard for me to be at home. I would always, 6 to 10, 6 a.m. to 10 p.m., I was gone every, yeah. every day. And so now I'm home, and I do get to appreciate what we have here now, and I'm growing a bunch of different things in the garden. and. Um, it just made me more grateful that I have a home that, that I love and that I feel like loves me back. Yeah. And I, I don't think I would have appreciated that as much had I not been forced to stay here. Um, and even my grandma will continue to say something like, I feel sorry for you because you always go places. And I'm like, you know, I did. I did feel sorry for me at the first at the beginning, too. But um, now that I'm here and I've really kind of made it my home where it was before, but like just really leaned into that more. It's been really transformative for me so um i i'm kind of worried about now i'm trying to figure out how to get it back to my now you want the balance of going yes i need to find a you balance, the balance because exactly. once as things continue to open up don't go back to your old habit this was done for a reason it slowed all of us down so just stop and and enjoy and embrace and maybe you're gone a portion of the day so you can go hang out with friends or go grab a drink or go see someone but don't make it where you're gone all the time. Spend some quality time improving what you already have, learning how to make something new again. I mean, I, I even have some furniture pieces that I want to refinish. A little nervous because I've never done that before. But why not? Why get rid of it? It's got good bones. Just kind of give it a new look. Looking back on your journey, all of the things we've talked about, the 30 years of experience, the 15 years as CEO, and sort of knowing everything that you know now, what is one piece of advice that you would have given yourself along the way? To 
always, and I say always because I've done it, but there are times where I didn't do this and I think back and I kick myself. Always go with your gut. The more connected spiritually a person is, the more important that is to listen to because your gut will not lead you wrong. It, don't second guess. And I would say listen to your gut, uh, particularly if you're a person of faith. Plan time to be still because as I look back, I wasn't always still and I wasn't always still surrounding it with work stuff. So even my work days, I think back working late and then being on a, you know, a five o'clock flight the next morning. Some things that I did that are, are really kind of, I look back and go, boy, those are my crazy days. So um, I would probably do that differently. But the biggest thing is to, to listen to your gut, not to second guess. Don't second guess yourself because oftentimes answers to things will come in strange ways. I get answers to things when I might be uh, reading about something else or just being still or maybe even in a meeting and something will hit me like this is the answer I've been looking for and I just kind of like jot down the answer part so I don't forget it and, and, and leave it alone, just jot down the answer and then I stay again, return my focus back to whatever I'm hearing. But um, be open to knowing that um, answers to things will come from unusual situations, just like the example that I shared coming from a board member. You, you know, I didn't even realize I was looking for a solution because the answer was, was obvious. So then I had to back into it, say, here's an answer. What do we need to do to create the solution? And then, and that's where the team was challenged. The other thing that I think helps to know and to understand is that uh, the higher that you go into the organization, the less important your technical skill, technical skills are. And so as you're journeying in this journey for the, the, for those of you who are wanting to be the future leaders, learn as much as you can about everything, become that technical expert, because as you continue to climb up, you're not going to be as involved in the technical and you don't have to. The reason you don't have to is because you've got good people. So invest in your people because that's, those are the folks that are going to have the technical expertise. And if you do that, um, your, what you'll find is while you may not necessarily need the technical piece, what you are going to rely and you're going to hone in on are your interpersonal skills. So invest in your interpersonal skills, learn how to connect with people. It goes back to you know, leadership, learn how to connect and keep those connections, maintain those relationships. Um, you know, I'm, I'm from the old school where mother said, if you can't say something good, don't say anything at, at all. And so I still believe that to this day. If I, I'd rather not say anything than to say something that's going to be negative about someone. We all have our learning periods and people change. So, you know, be a part of someone's success and their change and, and always help somebody else along. Don't think that you got here alone and you can't help someone else. And sometimes you can try helping someone that doesn't want the help and they'll bite you and, and they'll bite your hand. Understand that's that one person. Don't let that become your norm where then now you're isolated and you're just all about yourself.
because I think it's some of the things that my mom had said, um, you know, she said things to me as a woman, you know, working in a man's world and there are inequities still. She spoke to me as a woman um, of diversity that um, there may be people who may not like the way I look. Um, they may not even like the way I look or like the fact of my gender and I've experienced that. But you can't let that sour you, you can't let that stop you. In fact, there's some things that you have to put more emphasis in in order to compete equally. And while that may not be fair, that was, those are words of wisdom and I saw her do it. And I think that was the inspiration of knowing, and things are a lot harder then. I mean, I look at my life today and I look at my mom's life at the same, I mean, night and day difference of what things that, I mean, kind of think about what your parents or your grandparents, oh, yeah. we have things so much easier now. <laughs> yeah, we sure do. Sure so, sure. um, so that in itself becomes an inspiration because, you know, growing up, some of the shortcuts that I took with Daniel and making sure he had a hot meal and, you know, she didn't have those mm -hmm. things. So, um, things are so much, so much easier and different. And, and I think back when my mom worked in her doctorate, you know, they didn't have computers. She did her doctorate on a typewriter and, and, and no delete button. You just had to retype the whole thing. Right. So no, we have so things so much easier. And, and I admire the tenacity. I admire that she never gave up, um, even in, in, in my upbringing and wanting to make sure that I had exposure to different things and different people. That was important, be exposed to, to different people and, um, and understand how people are different and respect and appreciate that cultural diversity. And, and so those are things that I had and, and I applaud her for ensuring and instilling that in me. And even till the end, I, I can still remember um, where, because in my, in my style, as I've gotten older, I've, re I've realized that my brain and my feet are two different, you know, they're, <laughs> they're two different body parts. And, and, and one doesn't have anything to do with the other, right? And so we live in a, in a warmer climate and if I'm going out to a meeting, it's one thing that I will, you know, stick my feet in shoes and let them sweat in the heat, right? But if I'm, if I'm working in my office and it's just really an office day and it's hot outside, why shouldn't my feet be happy and be in sandals? Because my brain is going to work that much better if my feet are comfortable. So I've realized that my mother never, she wasn't part of that school. So even I can remember, even in the very, you know, in, in her last days when I would be, you know, spending time with her and sometimes different people from the office would go in with me, but there was one particular person who was from the school of my mom, meaning that didn't matter what the weather was, you had nylons on and you had pumps on. And so we walk in together, this person in their nylon and pumps and me and my sandals. And my mother would lick me up and down and then smile looking at her. <laughs> so those are, those are sort of my fond memories and it became kind of a, a standing joke. And I would try to explain to her mom, I'm working in the office today. When I go out to see people, I too can look like that. 
<laughs> my brain is really smart and it works just as well in sandals versus nylons and pumps. <laughs> She's like, does it? Sometimes it sure? works better. <laughs> does it? Does it, Carla? <laughs> Take me for who I am. She's so funny. Yeah. Thank you, Carla. You have dropped so many amazing gems on this short episode, and I can't wait to listen back and really take in everything, you know, each question that you answered for us and try to apply those in the future moving forward. And I hope you know that you are truly an inspiration to all of us here at the JPA. And we're so fortunate to have been led by you, especially during this time. And your flexibility and forward thinking has led us to be even more productive, I would say, than we were beforehand. And we just don't have, as for me as a risk manager, being out in the field and um, boots on the ground, if you will, I don't have that travel time and that commute time that I'm used to. And so it, it really am tied to the laptop or the phone or these Zoom meetings and the amount of work. I have a notebook that I started just when quarantine, when the shutdown started, and it was brand new. And I've spilled co- my children, I'm sorry, have spilled coffee all over it. Um, <laughs> but it's almost full because every meeting, every project, I mean, I have countless notes because for me, writing things down physically really helps ingrain that in my memory. And um, so I, I'm a very big note taker. And just to have this notebook, I'm I'm, I'm going to keep it because it has, you know, it's memorable almost of this time. Yeah. Um, so again, thank you for, for everything. And I also wanted to share, I don't know if maybe you've read this, but one book that I want to pick up and start to read is The Ride of a Lifetime by Robert Iger. And it is the lessons learned from 15 years as CEO of the Walt Disney Company. So I, um, I heard that it is a good read for anyone, whether they're in business or just wanted to read um, the story of someone that has come from humble beginnings and worked their way up to CEO. So I am definitely going to pick that up because I think I can benefit from reading more. Well, thank you for inviting me. And I've really enjoyed time with all of you. And you had some great questions. And I look forward to seeing what comes out of all of this. That wraps up our great interview with Dr. Carl Ray for sharing some time with us today and some fabulous insights on leadership. And we would like to invite you all to check out our website at www.csjpa.org and follow us on all social media platforms, Twitter, Facebook, and LinkedIn at CA Schools JPA. Thank you for listening. Bye.